I want to begin this morning by asking you a question. And it's a question that many of us have had to face this past year. And the question is this. How do you prepare in the face of uncertainty? How do you prepare in the face of uncertainty? Preparing in the face of uncertainty, I think we would all agree, is certainly frustrating. Of course, you already knew that. The coronavirus has caused you and I to change many of our plans. We've had to make new preparations. I thought this morning I'd share some examples of those changes in preparations from our Bethesda church staff. We'll begin with our music leaders, Tom and Mary. When COVID shut down our in-building worship services, Tom and Mary had to record all their music at home. It changed their preparations for each week. They both had ideas for special Easter music. That didn't happen. Christmas, this season is a time of music. The, the choir usually performs a big Christmas cantata. There won't be one this year. Mary plans for special music for the ladies' Advent tea. It's been canceled. Moving on, there's Amber. Amber does our marketing communications. She promotes Bethesda and our events. She also plans events. She planned a church picnic for last spring. There was no picnic. She has had a vendor fair for the last couple of years in November. Didn't happen this year. Sharon. Sharon directs our preschool. Back in, in March, Sharon was preparing for a very good summer. You see, our preschool was growing. And then the virus shut the preschool down. Following that, when we reopened, we had some tough months. But thanks be to God, the preschool is now again at full capacity. Carolyn, whose picture's up there from a couple stages of her life, <laughs> Carolyn is our master planner. She runs our children's ministry program, as you know. She also plays the drums. She's always preparing for the next big children's outreach event. But not this year. VBS was virtual. King's Kids Camp didn't happen. Wednesday night, King's Kids Club has been delayed. And the Christmas programs, what we have of Christmas programs this year, will look different. Pastor David planned a great men's retreat. It was postponed. He leads our new, our renewed small group ministry, which is called community groups. Community groups were taking off until the virus struck. Now these groups are still going via Zoom, but the virus has presented new challenges. The virus has also changed the plans of our business administrator, Gina. Watching our finances became much more important. Our custodians, Annie, Adam, and Chris, have had to sanitize any high-touch services after every worship service. Now, I have one more group of people whose plans have changed. They're not part of our church staff, but it might be fun if they were. They are the, the Who's. And the Who's, as you know, live in... And we know that every who down in Whoville likes Christmas a lot. But the Grinch who lived just north of Whoville did not. 
The Boos prepared to celebrate Christmas. The Grinch, he hated Christmas. It might have been because his heart was two sizes too small. So the Grinch plans to keep Christmas from coming. And we know from the story that someone's preparations were thwarted, while others were simply restarted. The fact is, I'm sure you can have many stories of your own. Family reunions, vacations, wedding celebrations, Thanksgiving dinners, and quite possibly Christmas gatherings. All things that you planned, all things that you prepared for, but that didn't happen, or at least won't be happening. I'm a planner. I like to be prepared. And like many of you, this year has taken its toll. I have vacillated between continually, continuing to optimistically prepare versus throwing up my hands in the air and saying, whatever, I just don't care. So let me come back to my initial question with a slight twist. How are you going to prepare to celebrate Christmas this year? Are you still making plans? Are you preparing to celebrate? Are you just throwing in the towel and saying, whatever? Now before you're tempted to give up, let me share a few thoughts on Christmas preparations. Christmas is going to be different this year. But, maybe, just maybe, Christmas can be even better. To see how we can prepare for a better Christmas, we're going to be focusing on some very familiar verses. Most often, these verses are read from the Gospels. In the Gospels of the New Testament, they are used to describe John the Baptist. They were first written in Isaiah 40, verses 1 through 5, roughly 700 years before Jesus' birth. And we read that passage just a few minutes ago. The passage presents prophecy. And the prophecy actually applies to three different times in three different situations. God's words to Isaiah in chapter 40 were a prophecy for the Jewish people who were living in exile at that time. They also predicted the coming of Jesus into our world. And these same words also provide a slight glimpse into the return of Christ. And in each situation, God's words spoke of preparations. Preparations for deliverance, our deliverance, our restoration. And God made these presentations about preparations. John the Baptist was the messenger of God's words in the New Testament. Jesus was the deliverer. And we, we must respond. We too must be prepared. And so let's start with God. That's always a good place to begin. God's preparations, really when you think about it, they're the only ones that matter. After all, it's all his plan. When God spoke back in Isaiah 40, the Jewish people were living in exile in Babylon. They had been conquered. They were far from home. Their exile was a result of God's judgment. But it was a righteous judgment. Because the Jewish people had turned their back on God. 
They have rejected Him. But even in judgment, God never stopped loving. In the first words of our passage, God said, Comfort, comfort my people. He called the Jewish people His people. God would have been justified in disowning them. And yet He said, My people. And God then repeated that word of promise of comfort twice to emphasize his deep desire for the Jewish people's well-being. God spoke tenderly to his children. He told them their warfare had ended. More importantly, God said their iniquity was pardoned. They experienced the consequences of the rebellion during the exile. But they had not experienced the final judgment. God was making it clear that he still cared and he understood. God was calling the Israelites, the Jewish people, back to himself. In some ways, you and I are a lot like the Jewish people living in exile. We've messed up. We continue to mess up. We sin, which is basically the same. We rebel against God. And that means we don't love God the way we should. We don't live the way we should. We don't love other people the way we ought to love them. We deserve eternal exile from God. But God still loves us. I think if you've got kids or grandkids, you, or you've been around kids, you kind of understand this. When those kids are defiant, we might be furious with them. At times it might be even tough to be in the same room with them. And so we, we punish them. There are consequences for their misbehavior. And yet, we still love them. We love them with all our hearts. If our adult children have walked away from the family, we deeply desire for them to return. We make a way for them to be reconciled. God made a way for the Jewish people and for us. He sent his messenger, John the Baptist, to prepare the way for Jesus' ministry. John was the voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord. In Isaiah's day, Babylon was the Jewish people's wilderness. In Jesus' day, the people lived in a wilderness as well. The Romans were in power. Their world was filled with darkness. And Jesus came to bring truth and light. And in many ways, you and I still live in the wilderness today. 2020 has been a lot of things. But one thing I think it's been is a year in the wilderness. There's been pain. There's been loneliness. There's been death. We are thirsty for something better. As we said last Sunday, we long for a better colon. And preparations are necessary for us to have a promising future. And we can see those preparations as Isaiah continued declaring God's message. God said, make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Every valley shall be lifted up and every mountain and hill be made low. The uneven ground shall become level and the rough places a plain. If you, if you drive west of St. Louis on Highway 44, 
you see a picture of what a straightened highway looks like. There are places where the road has been cut through the hills. Built bridges were built over the low places and over rivers. The highway has been made relatively straight, smooth, and, and much more level. The goal was to make travel easier. A good highway is a, a safe highway. It helps us arrive at our destination. And that's what God was doing for the exiles of Babylon. God brought the Jewish people out of exile. He made a road. He made a way for them to return home. And that's also what God has done for us through Jesus Christ. John the Baptist shared God's message with the first century Jewish people. He was the messenger, the voice of one crying. Jesus is the one who delivers us. Jesus is our deliverer. And through Christ, the, the prophet Isaiah's words can speak to us. They say, the glory of the Lord shall be revealed, and all flesh shall see it together, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken. Jesus revealed the glory of God in the flesh. His birth signaled the inauguration of God's kingdom here on earth. And one day, one day, all flesh will see God's glory together. You see, God's words through Isaiah also points to the day that Jesus Christ will return. And on that day, there will be no doubt about who Jesus is. Jesus' return won't be a humble manger. It will be announced with a loud command, with the voice of the archangel and the trumpet call of God. Everyone will hear and see it. The glory of the Lord will be fully revealed. Every knee will bow. And every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Those who have put their trust in Jesus as Lord and Savior will rejoice gladly on that day. God has prepared a way for us to return to Him. He offers us comfort. He pardons our sins, our iniquities. God speaks tenderly to us as a father speaks to his children. And through Jesus, God made a way for deliverance. We can be delivered from the punishment that our sins deserve. We can be restored to a right relationship with our Heavenly Father. God has opened the door to reconciliation. But we must decide. We have to be prepared. Earlier I asked the question, how are you going to prepare to celebrate Christmas this year? It's a serious question. It's a, it's a question that we all need to answer. Now perhaps when I first asked that question, your, your first thought, your first answer was, well, I'm going to shop for presents, I'm going to prepare dinners, I'm going to have people over. And if you're like many of us, so you wonder immediately how that all is going to work in the midst of a pandemic. And those are practical responses. There's nothing wrong with them. But they're not the response of the greatest importance. When we consider how we're going to prepare for Christmas, our thoughts should turn to our hearts. To prepare for Christmas is to prepare our heart 
for Jesus. And those preparations begin with repentance. John the Baptist preached a message of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. He announced, repent for the kingdom of heaven is near. Commentator Robert Bunce wrote this. He said, John the Baptist called for repentance so, so that Jesus would have a straight path to travel into the hearts and lives of his people. Repentance includes several components. First, we confess our sins, all the bad things that you and I have done. Next, confession leads to us being truly sorry for those sins. And then we ask God to help us to turn from our sins. We declare Jesus to be the Lord of our life. We're familiar with the Christmas carol that sings, Come to my heart, Lord Jesus. There is room in my heart for thee. To prepare for Christmas, we open our heart to Jesus. And that open heart, that leads to even other more preparations. First, we pray. We may read a, a daily Advent devotional. In fact, there's still a few available outside on the table. We read the Gospel accounts of Jesus' nativity. We serve. Maybe we call somebody that we haven't seen for a while. Or we perform a simple task to help another person. We humble ourselves before others and before God. We put the needs of another person ahead of our own needs. And, and this, this last one is an overlooked preparation. Rest. Slow down. I've discovered when I slow down, I feel impulsive communion with God. We can hear His voice more clearly. One of the very few good things about this pandemic is that it has slowed many of us down. This Christmas, slow down. Rest. And soak in the joy of the season. This Christmas can be a very special Christmas amidst all the hardship. So I ask again, are you prepared to celebrate Christmas? While you think about your answer, let's go back to Whoville. The Grinch made plans to stop Christmas. He would disguise himself as Santa and steal all the who stuff, all their decorations, all their presents, all their food. And he carried out his plan. The who stockings were the first things to go. The Grinch stole the roast beast and even the last can of who hash. I would gladly give it to him. The Grinch even lied to sweet Cindy Lou Who, who was no more than two. He had all the sweetness of a seasick crocodile. You can describe them in three words. What are they? Stink, stank, stunk. After the Grinch had taken all of Christmas away, the Grinch expected the Hoos to cry boo-hoo. But did you know something else happened? The sound started low and it started to grow. The sound wasn't sad. The sound sounded glad. Christmas came just the same. And so the Grinch thought, maybe Christmas doesn't come from a store. Maybe Christmas means a little bit more. 
His, day, his heart grew three sizes that day. He returned to Whoville, bringing all the decorations, all the food, and all the presents. And you know the end of the story. And he himself, the Grinch, carved the roast piece. This Christmas, we have our own Grinch. His name is the coronavirus. He threatens to steal our Christmas if we let him. But let it happen. Christmas will be different this year. Many families are struggling. Family, friends, and church gatherings will be limited or canceled, and that's very sad. So many people may face tragic deaths caused by the virus. And that's truly horrible. And yet, in, in the midst of what we have lost, we can remember what we've been given. Christmas presents, decoration, food, and gatherings with friends and family, those, those are all good. But as the great Lord, maybe Christmas means a little bit more. Actually, Christmas means a whole lot more. Christmas is the celebration of Emmanuel. God with us. Jesus was born in a humble manger. His life was not easy. Jesus loved, he healed. Jesus taught us how to live. Jesus died on the cross for you and for me. He paid the price for our sins. He offered reconciliation with God the Father. He made straight the highway to heaven. Prepare for Christmas by welcoming Jesus into your heart.